the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is a lady who advises and supports people who have been bereaved and lost loved ones. Funeral celebrant Maxine Edgar Mitchell. Greetings, Maxine. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Nigel. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well indeed. So what have you been up to recently? Not much. I spent this morning walking around a cemetery, the city of London, trying to find a suitable grave for a client. Um, And that was my Saturday morning, two hours, walking around the largest cemetery in London. I understand you're a funeral celebrant. Yes, I am. Which is a role or a service that I have never heard of before. So when did you become interested in becoming a funeral celebrant? Well, I've always been involved to some degree in death, if that makes sense to you. From the age of five, I remember my first body, who was a cousin, Leroy. He was only, I think, six, died of heart disease. And I just recall the whole scenario. They actually lived next door. And um, his mum knocking on my door, my mum's front door, in the early hours of the morning, screaming, Leroy's dead, Leroy's dead. And the whole scene being played out, her crying in the chair, and then the next, the next scene was going next door on the day of the funeral, and he was laid out um, in his coffin in a little grey suit. And I remember, I thought he was on the ironing board, uh, but he was on the actual... Beer, as they call it, the, the funeral director's beer, um, which are the lakes underneath. And so I, I, I've always gone to funerals. I've always been intrigued, not necessarily by death, but what was the process of funerals? And um, after a while, you become a professional. And from one day, it'd be a case of, can you write a tribute for me? Or can you say a tribute for me? Or can you write a eulogy for me? To mummy's not well, can you come? Oh, mummy's dead, can you come? Oh, can you help us dress mummy in the morgue? That kind of thing. I thought, well, uh, and the idea of entering into the celebrancy was really because I, I wanted to become a funeral director, which I am. I'm actually a funeral director, but I started off training to be a celebrant. And I thought, let me just test the waters here. And so the first thing that I embarked upon was taking funerals, and that's what a celebrant does. And it's kind of a job that you ignore, um, and especially in the, the black community where we don't have so many cremations. And I remember a few years back, probably about six years ago, a friend died, and she was cremated. And, and I've been to hundreds of funerals, but very few cremations, actually. And we went along to Gloria's um, cremation, and this guy walked in in a dodgy suit. And I thought, my God, look at the priest. State of him. And he went to the front, as they do, and started to take the ceremony. And then it got to the point where he was talking about Gloria, about the person who had died. And it was so obvious that he was just assuming that he didn't know her. She went to parties and blah, blah, blah. And it was an assumption and it really wasn't Gloria. And I thought, no, something's not right here. 
Well, he wasn't a priest, he was a celebrant. And basically, people are fed up of going into churches and hearing about God and religion and, and focusing on the establishment or the interests of the individual, i.e. The, the vicar or the priest who's taking the ceremony. People want a ceremony that is focused on the person who has died so we hear their story. So you should leave a funeral ceremony knowing more about the person that has died in their death than when they were alive. So a celebrant will help a family create that. So my lead comes from the funeral director. So somebody dies, you go to plan your funeral. They say, have you got a minister? Do you belong to a church? If you have, if you belong to a church, then it's more than likely you'll have your vicar or your pastor. If you don't, then you'll be given a celebrant ideally a celebrant that matches your requirements. I then get a phone call from the funeral director who says, I've got a funeral for you. This is the family. Such and such has died. These are their details. I then contact the family. And outside of COVID, I'd normally go to the home, sit down with them three, four hours, talk about the person, build a picture of the person, find suitable songs, hymns and readings. I'll take information. I'll leave, come home, go to the office, sit down. I'll write a eulogy and just put the ceremony together. 15 hours of work. They approve the eulogy, probably 1,000, 2,000 words, depending on the life that the individual lives. And on the day, I present it to a vicar or a priest or anyone. We call them ministers or officiants. I would present the ceremony. And that would entail me just tying up bits and pieces, introducing a word of encouragement, introducing those that are giving tributes or poems. Or I might stand up, as I have done, and speak for an entire hour, as I did two weeks ago, where I had to read 10 tributes from Jamaica, plus a welcome, plus to the committal, plus a word of encouragement at the end. So it, it varies. It can vary from me just doing an introduction, then just announcing the speakers, or doing the whole lot. And, and that's the role of the celebrant. I've never been involved in organising a funeral myself. Well, not yet anyway. Mm. So how do funerals differ in their format and purpose? One of the things withheld from us is that you can do what you want. Legally, there has to be a funeral, yeah? And a funeral's one of two things, either a cremation or a burial. There must be a cremation or a burial. That's a funeral. There does not have to be a ceremony. So what we have is different different methods. You've got what we call, you've probably seen it on TV, a particular company advertising, I don't want to go to my funeral. So that's what we call a direct cremation, i.e. the individual dies hospital, home or a care home. Funeral directors will come and take the body. Immediately that body is taken to the crematorium and is disposed of. There is no ceremony, no attendees, no mourners. That's the end of it. That's a direct cremation. Then we'll have our normal cremation whereby the family will take their loved one or the person who's died to the crematorium. They can witness the ceremony, i.e. they can witness the the individual going into the, if we can call it the creme, um, into the fire, close the curtains, 
and not have a ceremony, or they can have a full-fledged ceremony, and that can be anything you want. You can sing, you can laugh, you can joke, you can dance, you can play whatever music you want, you can do whatever you want to do in the crematorium. Likewise, if you're going to have a burial, you can go into the chapel, and even though it is a chapel and it seems to be a sacred place, you can do the same. You can actually format your ceremony and do whatever you want to do. Um, it doesn't have to be the conventional way that we've come to know. And quite often, that's what the funeral directors fail to tell you. Um, and more and more people are having a hands-on approach with their funerals and they're doing more. They're having themed funerals, you know, so everybody dressed, believe it or not, like a clown. You'd be surprised. Oh, this person was a gardener, so everybody will come dressed as a plant. This person worked for Royal Mail, so wear a Royal Mail uniform. People are becoming more comfortable with death. So it takes on different formats. And what COVID has actually taught us, and, and I mean all communities, number one is that you can still have a fabulous funeral ceremony without the huge crowds. It's taught us how we can spend our money more wisely because obviously the more people you have, people tend to put emphasis on the reception. So COVID has taught us, even with 10 people, in some cases four or five, you can still have a wonderful ceremony. You don't have to have a 3,000 panel casket you can have a very basic simple cardboard coffin and dress it wonderfully it can be intimate and and the person who's died will receive the same ceremony so that's what covid has brought to the table that really it's not about the crowd even though it helps those that morning um but it is about the person who's died celebration of life so despite the fact that physical death will come to us all eventually a lot of people are not actually comfortable discussing passing away. Mm. So what are your personal views regarding death? I hold workshops. Can we talk about death? The reality is you've just said, and I say this when I take my ceremonies, you're not guaranteed anything in life. The bank account, the job, partner, the career, the children, the slim body. I've been waiting all my life for that one. But <laughs> what, you are, what you are guaranteed is that if you live, you, you must die and you will die. It's a fear of not being here. People always associate death with pain and suffering and sickness. It's not necessarily so. I mean, if you go to America now, we have we have what we call doulas, end-of-life doulas, who will assist you with dying. More and more people are actually preparing their funerals now. They're, they're writing their eulogies. I have these packets or packages that I've made up, remember me, whereby you can prepare your funeral. This is what I want. This is the coffin that I want. This is what I want to wear. These are the readings that I want. These are the songs that I want sung. Because the worst thing is, is when you're arranging a funeral for someone and they haven't got a clue what the person wanted. So you're able to, to have that and, 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 and hand that over before you die. But also what people are doing, they're actually having funerals, believe it or not, before they die. People want to be present. I mean, it's not our, um, something that's happening every week, but more and more people are becoming comfortable with the idea of talking about death. And the reality is, it's a very intriguing topic. And I also think it's important that we do talk about death. I think it's important that our eyes are open to the 
the funeral industry, how our bodies are treated, the way we are perceived, how, you know, the, the, the bigger boys will literally rub you dry. And it's important that you know where your money's going to go. It's important that you know how much your funeral might cost, you know, and that your family are not left in debt. So, the, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things that really we do need to talk about and be prepared for. So, Maxine, do you believe in life after death? Well, I'm a Christian, so I believe in life after death, yes. I don't believe that heaven's up and running right now. I believe that you sleep, but I believe that one day Christ is going to come again. And yes, we'll be with him. And whatever heaven is, my, even as a Christian, I may differ on many accounts because uh, the word of God has changed so many times. Whatever heaven is, it's right for us. So this street's paved with gold and jasper and stones, I don't know about that. But whatever heaven is will be right for us. I believe that your loved ones that have gone on, you'll see them again and you know them better. But in terms of what is heaven, I can't say. So, Maxine, how can people contact you? Uh, you can contact me on, I've got the Maxine Mitchell Celebrant page. I'm on the Blast Economy. I've got www.bronzashfuneral.co.uk and my mobile 07930. 015 I've got a shop in Rompsted, Brontash Funerals, 90 Dagenham Road, RM70 TJ, 01708925-9944. Well, Maxine, that has been a very interesting and intriguing topic to discuss with you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from www.relationshipmistakesbook.com and amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. Award-winning author Pamela R. Haynes. Her latest book, Loving the Brothers, is available from Amazon and all good bookstores now. Nominated in the Best Writer category by the BLAC Awards for 2020. Loving the Brothers by author Pamela R. Haynes. Order your copy of a fantastic book now. Looking for Love is a documentary that explores black relationships in the UK, seeking answers to difficult questions, transforming the way we think about love and relationships. You know, 50% of couples who marry this year will get divorced. Looking for Love, from the award-winning director Menelik Shabazz, is finally available on DVD. If I had been to a counsellor or been to a therapist, I would have dealt with a lot of those issues a lot quicker. Get yours today from lookingforlovefilm.com. Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.